This podcast explores the commonality between our DMB brothers and sisters to demonstrate the true strength and depth of our family. We have all shared the soundtrack in our best and worst moments, and with that fact, we argue that we're never truly alone when the music is playing. So sit back, relax, and welcome to the best of what's around. Welcome to DMB On Demand. There are a few bits of DMB and DMB On Demand news to cover straight away. DMB Radio is now part of Sirius XM's full-time lineup on Channel 30. Sign up to stream Sirius XM for four months free with new subscriptions. See offer details at SiriusXM.com slash 4DMB. Tune in for another episode of DMB Drive-In Series on July 1st at 8 p.m., with a live performance of the Dave Matthews Band Concert at PNC Music Pavilion in Charlotte, North Carolina on July 24th, 2018. The spotlight charity for the episode is Prez Hall Foundation, and more information can be found at dmbdrivein.com. On a sad note, we covered a bit of history last week on June 29th in 2008, the late, great Leroy Moore played his last concert, and we'll miss him terribly forever as a band and community, forever dancing. Experience Tim Reynolds up close and unfiltered as he reinterprets songs from his album See Into Your Soul live this Thursday, July 2nd at 8 p.m. Eastern on Tim Reynolds TR3 Facebook and Instagram pages. This week, our history covers 1995, 1996, and 1997. Our guest is Kareen, and the episode is titled, Could I Have Been? The episode title is drawn from the DMB song, Dancing Nancys, which is referred to heavily in Kareen's story. Our The Way I Heard It segment this week revolves around the song, Some Devil, with Angela, Haley, and Ryan, sending in their contributions. Before I jump into the interview, I want to take a moment to share some DMB history. My good friend Bridget will be sharing the story of DMB from the years 1995, 1996, and 1997. She'll be doing the history segments from here on out, and I am profoundly grateful. With that said, take it away, Bridget. Hey guys, it's Bridget again, B-R-I-H-A-L-4457 on Twitter. Today we are rolling back time with DMB where we'll visit 1995 through 1997. Dave Matthews Band made its national television debut in February 1995 on Late Show with David Letterman. Performing its multi-format hit, What Would You Say? Over the course of the year, the band also made its first appearances on Saturday Night Live and The Tonight Show with Jay Leno. Dave Matthews Band continued its tour in support of Under the Table and Dreaming, crossing the U.S. repeatedly and touring Europe twice. The group made its first headline appearance at Colorado's Red Rocks Amphitheater, open for Grateful Dead and a three-night stand at Sam Boyd Stadium in Las Vegas, performed at the Glastonbury Festival and played Farm Aid, marking one of its first performances at a large-scale benefit concert. By the fall of 1999, 
1995, when DMB returned to Bearsville Studios with Steve Lily White to record their follow-up album, Under the Table and Dreaming had been certified four times platinum by the RIAA. It is now six times platinum. The band once again joined in the studio by guitarist Tim Reynolds. DMB finished up the record at Green Street Recording Studios in New York City. In January 1996, Dave Matthews' band received its first Grammy nominations, with What Would You Say up for Best Rock Vocal Performance by a Duo or Group in a Best Music Video, short form. Crash, Dave Matthews' band's second RCA studio album, was released on April 30, 1996. It debuted at number two on the Billboard 200 and was subsequently certified seven times platinum. Entertainment Weekly praised the Grammy-nominated album as rootsy yet exotic. Too Much was a top five hit at Modern Rock Radio, the first in a series of singles from the album. The Crash Tour launched on April 30th at Classic Amphitheater in Henrico, Virginia. The band introduced a new sound system, which helped take their live show to a new level, and also began capturing multi-track record recordings of its shows. While on the European, while on the European leg of the tour, DMB opened for Bob Dylan and Neil Young. The group headlined Madison Square Garden for the first time, playing a pair of shows in October. In February, Dave Matthews' band won the Grammy Award for Best Rock Vocal Performance by a Duo or Group for So Much to Say. RCA reissued Remember Two Things on June 24, 1997. The band continued to tour steadily, headlining sold-out amphitheaters across North America. Though having achieved national prominence, DMB continued to do things precisely as it had from day one, organically, with a grassroots mentality. In the late 1997, the band began recording a new album. On October 28, 1997, Bama Rags RCA label released the official double disc live at Red Rocks, 815.95. Without any marketing or promotion, Live at Red Rocks debuted at number three on the Billboard 200 and was instantly certified platinum. It was a high-quality, reasonably-priced alternative to the overpriced, ill-produced, and illegal live DMB CDs that were beginning to flood the bootleg black market. The overwhelming success of Live at Red Rocks, combined with the band's tremendous touring achievements, underscored how Dave Matthews' band had grown from a grassroots phenomenon to one of the hottest bands in America. Thanks, guys. Today, we're interviewing Kareem. Kareen is a special person with an enormous heart. We will discuss many topics with her that range from a heartfelt share about what the DM community means to her, all the way over to being marginalized when coming out at a conservative school and the fallout and eventual strength garnered from that experience. Let's jump right into it with Kareen. Hey everybody, uh, thank you for stopping in and today we're interviewing Kay. I've talked with Kay a few times over social media and we have a lot of people that run in our circles that know each other and um, this is the first guest that I don't know um, intimately, um, but enough to be comfortable and make for a good interview. Um, we're just going to jump right into it. Kay, could you give us your, your name, where you're from, and what do you do for a living? Hey y'all, um, my name is Karen McCullough, um, and I, K for short, it's my nickname. Uh, what do I do for a living? I work for a small software company and I wear lots of different hats, mainly QA support, a um, little bit of uh, development, um, 
generally trying to help whoever I can. So that's what I do for a living. Um, and I'm sorry, what, what else did you ask? Oh, that was it. Just, uh, okay. oh no, your location. Oh, my location. Uh, I am in Denver, Colorado, um, in the near the beautiful mountains, which I have a nice view of. Nice. Yeah, me and my wife, we travel for a living. Um, I do graphic design, so I can work wherever there's an internet connection, and she's a traveling trauma nurse, or a surgical nurse, I'm sorry. And so every three to six months, we go to the next contract. We're essentially getting paid to travel the nation, and it's it's been amazing. But one of our stops yet that we're, we're hoping to make is going to be in Denver. Um, I like the outdoors, mountains, rivers, streams, as does she, so... Um, we can't. We honestly can't wait to get to your neck of the woods for that very reason. Um, all right. So, past the basics, what what do you do outside of work when it, when you weren't self quarantined? What hobbies, interests? What did life look like outside of work before this social distancing? You know, um, I've really gotten on this uh, homesteading kick, um, which is basically like um, being self sufficient. Uh, so I got chickens about uh, a little over a year ago now, and um, so I'm a backyard chicken farmer, um, and uh, so that's one of my hobbies. I really love working with animals. I think my my dream job, if I wasn't doing the dream job I have now, would be working on a farm. Um, I, I've been begging for goats, but my wife still says no. <laughs> so um, anyway, so I love I love that kind of stuff. Um, uh, I also sing with a, a chorus called Denver Women's Chorus, um, alto two all the way, a little tenor two as well, um, <clears throat> and uh, play guitar, um, little violin here and there. Not that I'm great at either, either of those. Um, yeah, so music, um, farm life, and uh, sounds about right. Reading a little bit here and there, um, hanging out with the dogs. Yeah, again, going back to us and traveling. I don't. We we have one dog that we have on the road with us. He's a mini cockapoo, and I don't know what I would do without having him around. Because you know, my wife she goes to work during the day, and we don't know many people here. So my isolation is kind of strong, even without the the coronavirus thing. And and my little dog, man, <laughs> he keeps me happy. Uh, Pets are amazing. Um, what kind of dogs do you have? Uh, I have two dogs. Um, so we got uh, one who's a Portuguese Podengo. It's a um, a Portuguese hunting hound. He's a Portuguese Podengo Medio. Medio is actually the full term. Uh, he's actually rescued. He sounds like a very fancy dog, but he's he's really um, a rescue that we got from a rescue organization. And um, secondly, we have uh, a dog that's. Uh, some Maltese and Terrier mix um, and he is the sweetest little lovable guy um, he loves nothing more than to cuddle he wants to be a lap dog until he sees something to chase and then he's a Terrier so uh, those are my boys um, they're our fur children and uh, love them dearly yeah that's great um, typically we would jump into the the questions regarding DMV right now, but I want to do something a little different. I haven't done it here before yet. 
I'm going to name three songs. What I want you to do is just shout out the first things that come to your mind. Just a quick sentence. It doesn't have to be elaborate. I'm uh, thinking of adding this segment into the interviews because I think that it'll be fun to watch the drastic differences in replies. So I'm going to give you three song titles, one at a time. And I just want you to say the first thing that pops in your mind once you hear that, okay? Sounds good. Stay wasting time. Fun. I just want to stay. Yeah. Um, love. Number 41. Contemplation and sadness. And finally, pig. Don't waste any time because every day is precious. Pretty good. Yeah, I think I'm going to keep that into... Um, the format of the episodes. I really do think that it'll be interesting to hear how vastly different some of the answers will be, even if it's on the same song. So, um, kind of a guinea pig experiment there. I think I'll keep it. Um, I I really like it. I, I think that's a really cool thing to do. And um, I mean, even if you did short segments where you had people just do uh, do that, and maybe with a few more songs, I don't know, whatever. Uh, that'd be really cool. It's good to hear people's take on it. Yeah. The other thing I could do with that is maybe make it like a special episode. I can have up to five people recording here at a time. So we can have essentially a, a digital room full of four or five friends where we all shout out the thoughts as they happen. There'd be some moderation, but it might even be worth bringing a couple people in on and exploring it. Um, all right. I, so, yeah. I love that idea. I think that's really cool. And, uh, you know, um, it's sort of like a little focus group, but also um, you get to hear like uh, the the why behind uh, people's thoughts on it. You know, and um, the juxtaposition of p- different people's views. I think that's really cool. It's a good idea. You should do it. Yeah. Another one of the ideas that we are ironing out, but I think we're for sure doing, is I wanted to come up with a way to bring guests onto the podcast twice, and the first time being what it is today where we ask the standard questions. And then when they come back a second time, at first we just had more questions that we're gonna ask, but then I kind of steered away from that. So what's gonna happen now is when I bring a guest back onto the show for a second time, we're gonna pick a song and we're gonna go lyric by lyric and share what that song means to us. I think that breaking down a song like that, lyric by lyric, if anybody's listening, they'll find that we have a lot of commonality between us, that we all feel and see a very similar thing with the DMB music. So when people come back on a second time, we'll pick a song, we'll break it down lyric by lyric, and just kind of shine a light on what that means to us all um, individually and collectively. So that's kind of the future of where we're going as far as having guests on second time. Okay, so the first question is arguably the toughest. It's not tough in that you have to dig deep to find it. It's tough that you have to eliminate so many good choices and land on one. But that's the question, and it goes, 
what is your favorite EMB song and why is that your favorite? Yeah, and you, you know from what I, I sent to you that um, that's a really hard thing to do uh, because I have so many favorites. Um, people talk about, you know, what, what, uh, what DMB songs they like and don't like and uh, there's not really one I don't like. So, um, <clears throat> my favorite though, um, I think the one that, that's meant the most to me throughout my life is Dancing Nancy's. And, um, it, so that's, that's probably, um, the one that I love the most, um, from, um, the point of view of the, the meaning behind it. So just kind of expand on that a little bit. Why? Why did the meaning of that particular song impact your perspective in your life? You know, um, I I am uh, I'm gay, and so um, you know, uh, it's I'm at the age where when I was growing up, um, it, it wasn't uh, as <clears throat> as easy, I shouldn't say it's easy, it's not easy for everybody, but it's not as, as open as it is now. And, um, and there was, uh, it was just really, really hard, um, particularly when I went to college and I um, really figured that out about myself. <clears throat> I always felt like I was really different and I, I couldn't figure out why. And um, turns out that was it. Uh, but um, when other people found that out, um, you know, there was so much pressure. I, I went to a, a um, smaller uh, school in Texas, in Waco, and it's, um, I don't want to say the name, but it's, uh, you know, pretty religious school. And um, and there was just so much pressure, and it was so hard. And I lost all my friends when I came out. Um, I, I say all my friends, I mean all my friends. People would just cross the street to avoid being on the same side as me. Um, and uh, it was really hard and heartbreaking. And, you know, um, the, the lyric in that song that really um, kind of spoke to me through all that was, um, could I have been anyone else other than me? And um, I, I don't think that that's the perspective that Dave wrote it from, obviously. I, I think, you know, he had something different in mind based on what I've heard, but um, that's what it means to me. And so, um, you know, I used to, my dorm and, and um, then later in my my apartment um, I used to just play that song on repeat you know could I have been anyone else other than me and and you know <clears throat> it's a uh, it's a tough thing you know um, there's there's uh, more to that like um, 23 so tired of life such a shame to throw it all away but the images grow darker still could I have been anyone else other than me um, and, uh, you know, I was at that point where I was like, you know, what's the point in continuing on? You know, um, I'm, I'm never gonna, I'm never gonna find love and I'm never going to accomplish anything in life, you know, because that's what I was told and that's what I believed. Um, and I didn't know anybody else who was gay. I mean, literally, I didn't know anyone. Um, and I didn't really know what gay was until I got to college and, and um, was told that <laughs> that was wrong. Um, so, uh, you know, there was a time when I was like, you know, 
fuck it, I'm just, I'm done, I'm out, you know? And, um, and then I would be like, but I, I want to listen to the song one more time because I love, I love the Dave Matthews band so much. And, you know, I have to say that, um, you know, that their music was just a constant throughout my days in college, through um, after college, uh, you know, <clears throat> Dave's voice has been coming through my, my, my radio for a long time. So um, it feel, you know he feels like a friend, but he's someone I don't even know. Um, anyway, so I used to be like, "Fuck it, I'm done," you know, and um, I'd be like, "I want to listen to the song one more time." So I go drive around, make a circle around campus, and listen to that song for it just on repeat forever. It just seemed like, and then I'd be like, "Well, I don't, I don't want to end it now because I really like this. This is this is good, and you know, there's somebody else out there who understands." someone else who gets it. And I guess I'm not alone. And so there were many times when that, um, that song kind of kept me from just jumping off the edge, uh, you know, and um, I'm really thankful for that. I mean, that's, you know, I, I think that's one of the things I think, um, from the point of view of being someone who is now um, through that phase in life and um, to the point where I found um, my wife and I, I have this amazing life and you know we have an amazing home together and she's my soulmate you know um, I never thought in my wildest dreams that I would have that experience um, when I was back in college because you just don't know those things and um, you know just I, I want other people to know other kids out there to know that it, it definitely gets better you know that Whatever you're in right now, it's it's just the the temporary. The world is so much bigger, and there's so much more to it than what you know right now. And um, there's amazing things that await you, amazing joy and love and goodness that are just on their way to you if you just stick it out a little bit longer with whatever you're going through, whether you're gay or you're trans or you're, you know, whatever it is. Even if you're, it's nothing related to the LGBT community. You know, it, it's going to get better. Just stick it out. So uh, anyway, that song, I, I digress. That song um, means a lot to me because um, it's been with me through some really dark times in my life. And um, uh, I just love it. And um, yeah, anyway, go ahead. Uh, that's my answer. <laughs> Okay, so moving past the song and on to the lyrics, is there a particular set of lyrics that stand above the rest for you? And if so, um, why are they above the rest? You know, um, I mean, the, the Dancing Nancy song, I mean, just because of its importance in my life, would certainly be one of those. But I think, um, you know, lately, as I listen to more and more more music, there's just so many good nuggets in everything um, that I hear, but um, I bet I um, I really stopped and listened to the words from um, from uh, um, why I am why I am no um, who who you are I think that's it I, I, I get those two titles confused but um, there's there's uh, 
why I am and what you are. What you are. That's it. it. That's it. That's okay. it. Okay. Yeah. Ah, yes. And so, um, and uh, I, that, that song is, is so awesome when you stop and you read the lyrics and you, you think about, um, you know, what he's saying, you know, um, realize, you know, who, who you are. And when you give love, you know, that, that's when life begins. Um, well, that's the, the way it's written is when you give life, you know, it's, it was a little bit different when it's written versus what he sings, but um, that song is so awesome. And, um, and I've been thinking a lot about that, a lot about the words behind it. So um, I think that that would be, that would be the thing right now, you know, um, as far as uh, the, the lyric, you know, when you when you give love, life begins, and realize realize who you are. You know, um, and I think that's really beautiful, really powerful. Can you tell us um, when you became a fan of the band, and was there a particular song or experience or show that? that really got its hooks into you and to where you were like, okay, I'm into this. Um, how long ago was that? And, and was there any event that caused it? Yeah, so, um, you know, this has been uh, an evolution for me. So the first time I heard um, the Dave Matthews Band, I um, was at college. I went to college early in, in the summer, so it was June. And um, one of my... Um, the folks in my dorm, she um, she gave me this this CD, and I was like, "What is this?" She's like, "Yeah, you gotta check this out. This is gonna change your life." And I was like, "It's it's music." <laughs> okay, so I, I went back and listened to it, and I was like, "Oh my god, what is this?" Um, it was a bootleg CD uh, from a show, um, probably one of the earlier shows and tracks. You know, this was like this was 1993, uh, June of 1993, and um, I it, the show was obviously before that. Um, and she was from Virginia, so she had gone to um, some other shows and stuff. So, um, and uh, she was right. I, I, you know, was like, oh, this is amazing. I mean, who are these people? And um, you know, from then on, I was I was hooked. And um, you know, and then they they kind of blew up um, on uh, on our campus too, and so everybody was listening to DMB. You know, I actually never went to a show um, until uh, last year. Uh, much like your experience, Drew, um, you know, uh, where you didn't go to the Gorge until last year. But um, <clears throat> I, um, you know, I was always so focused on, on work and, you know, just just uh, making a life for myself that I, I just never went to, to many shows of any kind, actually. And um, a couple of years ago, um, I got really, really sick um, with a pulmonary embolism. And um, I honestly thought I was going to die. I mean, I remember being in the ER and, um, you know, the, the doctor looked um, like it was very grave. And my wife was there with me and I kept thinking, is she going to be okay if I don't make it? Because there was honestly, you know, had I not gone to the ER, I probably would have had a heart attack and died. Um, and uh, it took a long time to recover from that. I mean, a year to fully recover. And... Um, I realized that I had been focusing on the wrong things in life. You know, I've been focusing on 
building a career for myself, being successful, um, all those things um, that seemed really important at the time. And um, I hadn't really focused on a lot of things like just enjoying life. And um, so I, I decided I was gonna try to do things that were a little bit out of my comfort zone, that were um, different than what I had done before, just to have some really great experiences. And I saw a billboard for Dave Matthews Band and I was like, hey, I remember I, I loved this band so much um, in college, after college, and then somewhere along the way, you know, life got busy and I kind of, you know, veered off from music altogether for a while. And um, I was like, I need to go see those guys. I've, I've never always wanted to go to one of their concerts, I never did. So um, I went to uh, the um, the Fiddler's Green show uh, here in, in the Denver area last year, and I got a ticket for one night. And um, so I go, I'm like, I don't know what to expect, you know, but um, I, you know, go to my seat and this couple sitting next to me and we start chatting and, and I'm like, oh man, you know, I remember how much I love this band, how much I love the music, talking to them. And then our seats got upgraded because they knew somebody. I don't know how that happened, but it was really awesome. And, um, and so that show, I mean, I was just, it reminded me so much why I love music. Um, you know, it was like breathing again. And um, literally, it was like a spiritual experience. And I didn't know, I had forgotten, I should say, that what that was like. And um, I left that show thinking, I got to have more of this. So I, I uh, you know, made friends and um, found somebody who had an extra ticket and bought that off of them and went to the show the second night because I could not, you know, if they were in town, I could not go. Um, and it was the same thing. I mean, it just blew my mind. Uh, and um, I could just feel the passion and the energy coming off the stage. I felt like I was on stage with them, uh, you know, and, and feeling that intensity. And it, it, it's like it, it just, um, like I said, it's just like breathing when you haven't breathed for a long time, drinking water when, when you've been in a desert, that's what it felt like. It was like uh, water for my soul. And um, after that that moment, I was like, that's it. I, I'm gonna go to as many shows as I can. I love these guys, I love them all. <laughs> Who are these people? I'm gonna go find out. So um, I, I, became, I became a very diehard fan pretty much overnight um, after that again, I, I, you know, uh, and um, my, much to my wife's dismay, she was like, what, what's happening here? <laughs> I mean, I know you like this band, but what's happening here? Um, and so uh, she's embraced it, which I, I appreciate. But yeah, um, so that's, that was my experience. Okay, so one thing we ask our guest each week is what the brand DMV on Demand means to them. And the reason we ask it is that what we were six months ago was not what we were three months ago. And what we were three months ago is not what we are today. It's kind of evolving on its own. It went from a website with DMV videos pre-YouTube to sharing media collections to another website sharing the media to an extended break to the song of the day on Twitter with the custom designs, then to the shop with all the merchant apparel, and now to the podcast and what we want for the future of the podcast. And none of this was charted out. 
nothing. It just it grew how it grew, like a weed. A weed grows however it's going to grow. There's not much can do to stop it. So we want some guidance, and the best people we can think to give us guidance are the friends and guests that we bring on to the podcast. So, with that being said, let us know what DM Beyond Demand means to you, and where you'd like to see it heading towards going forward, whether it be more podcasts or, or a different part of it altogether. If you could give us kind of a quick synopsis of that, it would be greatly appreciated. You know, um, I I didn't know about DM Beyond Demand until uh, Twitter, and I, you know, I got into, I got into Twitter like I don't know a couple of years ago maybe, um, and uh, you know really got back into DMB uh, last year and um, started looking for every resource you know, on Twitter I could find, uh, and so I came across you know DMB on demand. Um, so um, I kind of looked up information about DMB on demand to figure out what you guys were, um, and. Uh, your artwork is, is awesome. It's phenomenal. You're, you're a great artist, for sure. Um, uh, and um, that stuff is really cool. And I, I there's some stickers I want to get to put on my car. But uh, um, I love the community aspect of this. Um, that's one of the things that that's really important to me. And I love the, pad, the podcast. I like listening, hearing from other people. Um, I love the ideas that you have uh, around... Um, you know, having groups uh, share ideas about you know songs and, and um, you know their different different points of view. Um, I, I think that's really important. And um, you know, it, there are there are people who who listen to, to Dave Matthews Band who um, just appreciate the music. You know, they're uh, maybe they like the hits. You know, whatever. And then there are those of us who like you know. There's just like so much marrow. Um, in this music, so much um, meaning behind it, and um, you know that you want to dig into and understand. Uh, and um, that's that's where I want to be. You know, I want I want to share that with other people. And there's not really a way to do a lot of that. Um, so I love the idea of of your podcast. You know, kind of being a way to do that, and I think it's really cool. guide our growth to the best that we're able. So moving along, if you could sit down and play one song for the entire population of the world to listen to, man, woman, and child, what song would you give them as a gift and and why would you choose that particular song? Wow, so there's so many different ways to look at that, right? Um, But I think Probably the most important thing right now, given where we are um, in in uh, with this Earth, with this planet that we live on, um, is um, Gaucho. I mean, I love that song. I know, I know that there are, are some people who don't like it. I mean, I know that it's you know kind of controversial or whatever for whatever reason, but I love it, and um, because I love the meaning behind it, you know, um, you know. We've got to do more than believe if we want to see the world change. And um, you know, our Earth is is at the brink. We are almost at the point where um, of no return with um, 
you know, being able to sustain uh, human life um, at the scale that we are now, you know, uh, and all we have to do is really take care of it. Um, all we have to do is really, you know, treat it well. And, um, you know, we, we talk about, um, you know, loving our neighbor as we love ourselves. But we, 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 first of all, we don't do a good job of that. But we definitely don't do a good job of that with, um, you know, the, the earth that we live on with, um, you know, our mother our earth who um, sustains us all. And so I think that's a really important message that that everybody needs to hear. And, you know, this is not just a it's not just a political um, hoax. It's not just a, a ploy to get people to do something differently. It is the absolute truth. And um, I think Gaucho really, uh, really speaks to that well. I couldn't agree more. Uh, another song that has a similar um, undertow to it, for me anyway, it would be One Sweet World. Like yes! Said, yeah. Taking care of what we have, those two songs go hand in hand with that message. I think that's a, a beautiful sentiment and a, an amazing choice for that answer. That was, that, I'll be honest, that was my favorite answer to that question that I've had yet on the podcast. So. Very, very good insights. And, you know, I had to choose between um, Gaucho and One Sweet World, um, but I think Gaucho is just, like, even a little bit more clear than One Sweet World, but I love One Sweet World. I love that song. Um, I think it's 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 happy, but it's also very clear, you know, about what's going on. So, um, anyway, yes, I, I agree with you. All right, so one thing we do on the podcast is we add, ask each guest to consider a really high point in their life, a really good time that the music either impacted or gives perspective to that event when looking back. And then we also do the same thing, but on the other end of the spectrum, a, a time where time in life was tough and particularly hard to get through. And then if there's a Dave Matthews song that impacted that rough time, or looking back now, it gives us some clarity. We found it very interesting to see the, the vast array of responses to it. So we're going to start with the low end. A rough time, it was hard to push through, um, and share with us if there was a song that, that helped in that time, or maybe it gives you some peace and perspective when looking back on it. Okay, so um, you can cut this part because I'm going to ask you a question. Um, I kind of answered that with the first question you asked. Do you want me to reiterate that? Because I can if you want, but... Yeah, I was. I would say just <clears throat> come back on with well, I kind of touched on that in the previous answer, and I wouldn't have more to expound on. Um, that way, that way, there's something there that I can keep in instead of just like silent. Otherwise, I'd have to go back and actually, you know what? No, we're gonna we'll do it differently. I'll just ask you about the best moment that you can think of instead of yeah. you know the, 
Can you are are you able to cut um, to to take cuts out of what I said before to um, ask that question and then stick that stuff in there? Uh, I mean, I could, yeah, but it, it would be a tedious project. It's oh, well, just ask the question again, and I'll answer it. That's fine, no problem. Okay, all right. Yeah. Um, all right, so I'll lead in with the intro, and then I'll have. Well, first of all, I'll have ten seconds silence, so I can cut this part out. Yeah. Uh, if this is one of those situations that if your heart steers you to something else, even if you don't know what your response would be, maybe follow that. Uh, okay. Or try to, anyway. Alright. So, one of the things we do each week is we ask our guests to think of a high point and a low point in their life. And then to share if a DMV song either impacted that moment in real time, or maybe it gives them peace and perspective and clarity when looking back on those events. So we're going to do the same thing today with Kay. And we're going to start off with the lower end of the spectrum. So if you could tell us about a time that was rougher than the rest, and if there was a song that helped you or gave perspective to it afterwards, it would be fantastic. The floor is yours. Um, you know, um, when I was in college, I was, you know, a lot of people have this experience when they're in college, but you know, that's where you really find yourself in a lot of ways. And um, that's when I realized that I was gay. Um, I kind of always felt like I was really different, but I didn't know why. I just didn't fit in with everybody else. And um, but in college, I figured out why. Um, and uh, it was it was really tough because I went to a small school um, in uh, in Texas, and I don't want to I don't want to say the name of it, um, but uh, it was a very religious school and. Um, you know, when I realized I was gay and, um, you know, kind of uh, was uh, was learning about all of that, experimenting with all that, you know, um, and came out, I um, I was immediately immediately ridiculed and I lost, I lost a lot of my friends, you know, and there was so much pressure to stop being that person, to stop, you know, that this is just, um, this isn't, this isn't real, you know, um, this is uh, just a, a um, spiritual battle, you know, that you're going through. Um, and uh, I found that, you know, the the harder I tried to not be gay, the the worse it was. Because <laughs> I think that's the way it is with most things, you know. Um, and uh, and finally, you know, it it it, it just it was so wearing and um, so hard. Uh, and I, I started to lose so much self-value, so much self-worth in, in this whole thing. Like, I can't change. I can't. It's not working. And, um, you know, I'm never going to be good enough. And finally, I was like, you know, fuck it. I'm done. I'm out. Um, you know, uh, I'm never going to accomplish anything in life. I'm never going to find love. I'm going to be lonely my entire life because that's what they told me. And that's what I believe. Um, and uh, I, I give up, you know. And there were there were many times when I thought I said I'm going to end it all, you know. Um, but uh, you know, Dancing Nancy's really spoke to me, and it and it had throughout this entire experience, you know, because I would listen to that song over and over again on repeat, and um, you know, could I have been anyone else other than me? And then you know, I wasn't I was I wasn't 23, but I was younger than that. But the, those words 
23 is so young. Um, such a shame to throw it all away. But the images grow darker still. Could I have been anyone else other than me? And, um, you know, when I would think about that, and I would think, you know, um, I should just, I'm in so, I'm in so much pain, and I'm so miserable, I just want it all to stop. Um, I, I would think, I would listen to the song, and I would, I would hear those lyrics, and, you know, um, I sing and dance, and I play for you tonight, the joy of it all. You know, dark times may hang on me sometimes, but I'll work it out. Um, and I kind of felt like there was somebody else who understood. Um, certainly not from the same same perspective, you know, um, but uh, someone else who understood what I was feeling, at least in in that that dark place. Um, and uh, so I would drive around and I would listen to the song, because I would think, um, you know, I, I, that's it, I'm done, I'm checking out of this life. And um, you know, then I would drive around and listen to the song one, one last time because I loved it so much. I loved um, a lot of the, the DMB music, but that song in particular. And I'd be like, no, no, you know, somebody else has been here, at least maybe not in the same perspective, like I said, but uh, has been in the same spot and they understand and they made it and I can, you know, and I can get through this. And so eventually, uh, you know, I, um, I decided that being myself was a lot more important than, than trying to fit some mold that somebody else said I, I, I should fit or what some, you know, God said that I should be, um, you know, and, uh, and so I, I left those people behind, um, in my head and in my heart, I left them behind. And, um, then physically, as soon as I could graduate, I left them behind as well and, um, moved on with life. And that song literally in, in, in many, many times it saved my life. Uh, I know that, you know, that's a drastic thing to say. People tell, um, you know, members of, of, of the band often, your music saved my life and they're like what you know that's like such a i mean they they play music and they they love getting on stage and they i think they don't often or maybe they don't they don't always think about the meaning the impact of the lyrics of their songs but you know it really saved my life uh and i'm thankful for that every day um and since i have the mic here <laughs> i'm gonna say you know for anyone else out there who's listening, who's who's younger, and, and you're stuck in a situation, whether it's that you're gay, or you're trans, or or whatever it is, and maybe it's not even LGBTQ related. Um, you're stuck in a situation. You think you just it's never going to end, and this is the way your entire life is going to be. It's not true. It's so not true. It, it is what you're in in the right now, in the middle of this, is um, is is all that you know. But the world is so much bigger. There's so much more goodness and love and joy that awaits you, and um, you just gotta stick it out because there's there, like for for LGBTQ people, there's an entire community out there waiting for you, waiting to embrace you and love you, and want you. And for other people going through something different, you know, there there are people out there who love you and want you on this earth. So stick around. You know, we need you. We need your life. We need your perspective. We need the good things that you're gonna do. Um, and so I'll get off my soapbox now. Uh, but uh, it, that that song has meant so much to me, and it was with me in the darkest time. I mean, that was really the darkest time of my life. And um, you know, I've come out the other side. I'm thankful every day. I, I have a wonderful life. Um, you know, we're married. We we have a, a nice home in in, um, in Denver, and. 
um, we have two dogs and, and you know we have a great life and it's something I never thought I would experience and I'm thankful every day for that and for her because she's like an angel on the planet on the earth but um, anyway yeah that's 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 my answer folks when we publish a episode of the podcast one thing we do is we post notes if we need to cite any sources or if we have any info that's coming up with the shop and what have you. We also do a breakdown in our show notes online uh, where we have the guest kind of list out anything that um, she thinks the world needs to hear more about. So if you are going through anything like Kay went through, go to dmbondemand.com slash podcast and search for her interview, and in the show notes, there'll be some resources for you um, to look at if you are struggling with these types of issues. So please make sure you check out the show notes for this particular episode for those resources. Um, with that said, we're going to go to the opposite end of the spectrum. I want you to think of a good time in your life, one that stands above the rest, and let us know if there's a song that impacted that in real time or maybe just gives some understanding peace and perspective when looking back at that event um you know um this my, my answer for this is not nearly as dramatic as my answer for the, the dark song but um uh this particular song is something that i share with my wife who's not not a huge dmb fan i mean she's you know she tolerates it because she loves me and I think it's growing on her. I'm going to convert her one of these days, but, um, you know, it's not her favorite. And, um, she, she enjoys this song with me. And that's number 36. Um, I know that I get incorporated with every day now, and that's awesome too, because I love that song too. Um, and so when you combine those two, it's even better. Uh, but, um, that's a song that we dance to in our living room. And, um, when I think about, you know, the joy of that, because that's honestly one of the most joyful things in my life is when I see her happy and us happy together and we're we're dancing around in the room in our living room um, and, and and it's it's to that song to number 36 because it's so it's so bubbly and happy and 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 uh, just it fills me with joy when I listen to it when I'm having a down day I listen to that because that just perks me up and makes me happy you know um, and my my best memories right now are, are spending time with her and, and sharing that together um, because it's, uh, I don't know, it's, it's, it's uplifting and, it, and it's love, you know, it's the love that we share. Um, and of course, you know, the everyday, the, the combined with that everyday is, is also an incredible lift me up love, you know. Um, and uh, so I love singing that. Um, it's perfect to my perfect range. <laughs> so I, I can I can I can hit it hard with my chest voice and I love that. Um, but also I love dancing around the room with her. Um, and, um, and that's one of the things I think I will all cherish my entire life. I meant to touch on this earlier when you talked about when your health was not good um, and you were near the end, I guess. One thing you said that struck out was um, I was worried that she wouldn't be okay. And you just mentioned again the love for your wife. And this answer, and I think that that's 
kind of been sprouting out this entire interview it's painting a picture. That picture is somebody that's full of love. And not just not just love in the general sense, but actionable love. Love that, that has thought and, and actions behind it. And we need more of that now than ever. So I just wanted to say thank you for um, not being scared to share those parts of your life where you might be vulnerable and also to share, you know, what love is to you because not everybody is going to come on and, and speak on that. It can be an intimidating thing, uh, but you've painted a really strong picture, so thank you for that. Um, all right, so every song that DMB has kind of has a different feel, tone, or theme to it. It goes from life to death, happiness, sadness, rage, joy, uh, sex, birth. It, it's all over the place. But if you had to sit down and tell somebody um, just in one or two brief statements what the music of DMB, what is trying to relay, what would you tell the people that, that knew nothing about it? Um, you know, it's interesting that you asked this question because um, I think about this often and, and maybe not in the same context that you're asking, but um, what is it that I love about this music so much? Why am I so drawn to it? What is it? And um, it's because it's about the human experience. You know, when you listen to music on the radio, you listen to most music, you know, you hear some and not not to not to not to you know put anything, anything down i mean because you know whoever you love music wise is great you know um artists are great if they're they're you know if they're you know on the radio they're you know making making uh, uh albums or whatever they're obviously awesome but um the human experience is is i think unique to a, a few artists and i i think that that um uh dmb is one of those and um it's something that I think is so important, you know, and, uh, and this goes back to what I was saying before, you know, for some of us, we, we feel really different. We just don't fit into life. Like, you know, we aren't the, we aren't the popular girl. We aren't the, you know, the quarterback guy, you know, we're, we're just, we're just us. And, um, us doesn't always seem to fit into, into life. And so, um, finding this, music where um there's somebody out there that that just explores the humanity and the human experience and what that's about is um i i think awesome and that's that's what one of the reasons why i love this music because it goes through the entire the entire human experience and like you were saying you know from birth death um love joy desire just like you know that that um just need for 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 love and and you know the the um that that physical desire we feel you know for for someone we're attracted to and um you know the anger anger that's not related to that something different but you know anger towards somebody and and fear um all those things are all things that we all experience and we don't always like to talk about that we don't always like to um acknowledge that we experience all those things because we are supposed to have this life in this nice tidy little package you know that looks nice and people ask us how we are and we say we're fine um but all these things are happening inside and i love that about 
uh, about DNB's music is that it is the human experience. I think you find that in a lot of folk music too. Um, I mean, folk music is good. It's not my favorite, but it's good. Uh, and um, I love that it that that uh, DNB fuses this human experience with um, you know jazz, with funk, with um, folk is mixed in there with rock. Um, you know, and and uh, that. That's so cool, and that's what I love about it. Um, that's what I think what keeps me coming back is like, you know, um, I want to explore these things that I'm feeling, that I'm experiencing in life, and that's a way to do it. So kind of a side note here, I am very much into folk music, and it goes all the way back to like early Leonard Cohen, you know, Paul Simon, and then all the way up to modern day. And if you if you liked folk throughout the years, then I'm going to give you three names to check out, and I promise you won't be disappointed. The lyrics behind each one of these artists are amazing. They're just poems and intricate. It's just awe-inspiring. First one is Josh Ritter. Um, second one is The Tallest Man on Earth. And the Tallest Man on Earth, what's interesting is, even though his lyrics paint these intense and intimate pictures English is actually his second language so don't know how he pulls that off but he does and finally Shaky Graves. Shaky Graves is kind of a, a one-man band he has his guitar he has the cymbals and the drums hooked up to his legs uh, but he's just absolutely amazing so if you haven't heard of him check out Josh Ritter tallest man on earth and Shaky Graves so the last question we have here, Kay, is uh, if you were sitting in a room with a couple couches and you had BNB uh, sitting there with you and you could tell them something, what is it that you would tell the entire band? You know, the thing that immediately comes to mind is thank you. Um, you know, I, I know that, you know, they get paid for what they do. They get paid well, you know, and I personally... It's a different topic, but I feel like it's a very fair exchange. People talk about ticket prices and that sort of thing. I pay for what I get, and it's and I'm happy with, you know, it's a fair exchange. But um, they are, you know, they're artists, and um, they give, you know, um, a piece of themselves every every time they go out on stage. And that's the thing, you know, from a person, I, I also, you know, I perform with a group, and I you know, play sometimes, um, you know, for a few people, not, not a lot of people because I don't want to, but, um, anyway, uh, you know, you, every time you perform, you give a part of your soul to that group, to that audience. And, um, you know, that is what makes the music so meaningful because that intention that goes out from, from the stage, it, that's what passes over. That's what that's what you feel in the audience. It's that that intention of giving a little bit of yourself and, and um, you know that that energy and that meaning behind it. And so, I would say thank you so much because that that is a thing that's life changing. And um, you know, uh, we talk about music. Um, some people think of music as just you know something to listen to on the radio or whatnot. But for me, it's um, it's always been a part of my life, and it's always been the way that I understand the world. Um, and so, um, it's, it's meant a lot to me to, um, to, to listen 
and experience that with other people who are so obviously in tuned in that same way um, to be able to express uh, their their life experiences and their 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 view of the world musically and to do it so well. Um, the other thing I would say to them is, can we have a jam session? Because that that would be like my my childhood dream come true. You know, um, I was the kid who used to you know listen to Kiss and listen to. Def Leppard and you know these you know different different music groups and, and pretend that I was on stage you know um, and uh, that wasn't the path for me that's not that's not what I really wanted to do with my life but to experience that one time where those guys would be phenomenal um, even if they just gave me the triangle to play that'd be fine um, that's what I would say. Okay, so the last thing we do each week is we allow our guests to use our platform to share whatever it is they think the world needs to know more of. Sometimes it's how to reach them or friends, social media profiles or organizations or charities, um, whatever you want. So, okay, the floor is yours. Take as much time as you want and, and tell the people what you want them to know. Thanks, Drew. Um... So there's a couple of things. Um, I sing with a group called Denver Women's Course. Um, if you're in the Denver area, um, it, we're we're a really good group. Um, you know, we're semi-professional chorus, and uh, we we you know sing music from a wide genre. You know, everything from classical to pop to um, folk to country to I mean, just everything you can imagine. Um, and I promise it's not your, uh, your church choir experience. It's, it's quite different. So, um, come do our shows, come check it out. Um, when, when all of this is over with, uh, the coronavirus, you know, uh, when we can actually congregate again, um, I'm, I'm very thankful for the, the people in this group. I mean, we're like a family and, and, um, it, uh, means a lot to me to be able to sing with them. Um, also, um, there are a lot of people who are hurting right now. Um, they're hurting financially, they're hurting emotionally. A lot of people can't put food on the table. And there's some great um, charities out there that are helping people with, um, with uh, the necessities, like you know, getting food for their families. Um, and uh, this is um, a, uh, a, um, a charity that um, I, I've heard about just recently. Um, and I heard about this on uh, the, the cooking show with uh, uh, Stefan um, uh, yesterday. Uh, and so that is um, Why Hunger. I really like what they do. Why Hunger is this really great um, organization. They look for sustainable ways to um, help people um, have enough food to eat. So it's not just your food pantry. It's, you know, um, from the, the point of, um, you know, agriculture, all the way up to you know how that that gets to uh, a person's home, um, and uh, it's a really great organization. I highly recommend you know if you have the opportunity, you can to support them. Um, I love what they do. Um, and uh, if you want to support a musical group, if you want to if you feel like you want to support the arts, um, Rocky Mountain Arts Association. Um, this is the umbrella uh, organization for Denver um, Women's Chorus and. Denver Gay Men's Chorus, who's our, our brother chorus. 
uh, you know, we, we're hurting too. I mean, we're, we're having a hard time, you know, um, we, we can't, we don't have any revenue from concerts. We don't have, uh, you know, a lot of revenue from, um, dues for members and things like that. Uh, and it's hard, you know, it, we, we have administrative costs and things like that, that we need to maintain in order to, to stay alive as an organization. And, um, if you would like to support the arts, um, and, you know, just support a Denver area organization, Rocky Mountain Arts Association at rmarts.org. Um, we really would appreciate your, your help there. Um, and like I said, come to one of our concerts. It's a really great show. You won't, you won't, uh, you won't be disappointed. I can guarantee that. Um, yeah, and I think that's, that's it for, that's, that's all I want to say. Thanks for coming on and taking the time to sit down and chat today. Absolutely, 100% appreciate it. And uh, again, I wanted to thank you uh, for touching base on, you know, what love is to you. And I know you didn't sit down and purposely decide that that was what you're going to share. It just, it's what the picture was painted as, as, as you were talking. So I kept thinking over and over again of a Jimi Hendrix title. Uh, bold is love and that's that's if i had to title this episode outside of a dmb title i would probably title bold as love because i think that kind of i don't want to put people in genres but if i had to putting you in the genre of love parentheses bold and parentheses i think that would fit to perfection so uh, thank you for being vulnerable and coming on the interview. I know sometimes that's not easy to do. Uh, hopefully it was an enjoyable process. And uh, we'd love to have you on again down the road where during our second interview, we break down those songs like we discussed earlier. Um, and maybe we could break down Gaucho or One Sweet World and just go line by line and share exactly what that means to us to kind of compare and contrast our perspectives. So, anyway, thanks for coming on, okay? I appreciate it, and you have a good day. Welcome to The Way I Heard It. This is a segment for you, the listener. Each episode, I reach out to a handful of listeners to ask them about a specific song and what it means to them and how they apply the message of that song in their own life. Some will make you laugh, others may make you cry with empathy, but each one is straight from the heart. So let's get right into this week's edition of The Way I Heard It. Hey DMB family, it's Angela, uh, AKA Fingertips and Kissing. And I'm gonna talk a bit about the song, Some Devil. The song is about wanting what you can't have in a way that haunts you. I feel like Some Devil is the angry stage of trying to accept being denied what you yearn for. And Trouble, which is the next track on the album, is the sister to Some Devil as the storyteller progresses from anger to a resigned sadness. In my life, Some Devil is a method of catharsis, a way to let go of unproductive wanting, no matter the source that's stuck inside of me. (laughs) 
Hi, it's Hayley, um, otherwise known as the fan that Jane likes. I'm going to do a quick breakdown of a song called Some Devil by Dave Matthews, which is from his solo album. This is one of my favourite albums, so I'm actually quite excited to, um, to break down one of these songs. And I think actually the album was recorded at a really interesting time in his life too. Um, overall, I'd say this song tells the story of two people clearly in love. Um, more so than just two people in love, I'd say they were soulmates. Um, we know that love, patience, understanding, loyalty, bringing out the best in each other, maybe turning a blind eye to faults, growing, changing, and somehow meeting back in the middle are all things that we go through in long-term romantic relationships. To me, this song describes what happens when those elements were no longer enough to sustain the relationship, um, despite the bond that exists between these two people. First of all, the devil and the angel should be understood. Um, I see that the devil is uh, it's, it's his own mind, actually, and it's something that he battles against. The dark part of his mind um, tends to lead him to trouble, to choices and actions and outcomes that take him further away from, I suppose, his true north, um, which is his soulmate, who is the angel. Um, in terms of the lyrics, one last kiss, one only, and then I'll let you go. Um, he wants to delay the inevitable. Um, he wants one more chance to try and convince her to stay or, you know, perhaps he wants to create a memory of something perfect to look back on um, when she is gone. A hard for you, I have fallen, but you can't break my fall. This implies that he has made an error um, and as much as she wants to stay with him, as much as she loves him, she cannot fix it for him this time. I'm broken, don't break me when I hit the ground. Um, he knows he has done wrong. He has um, broken down you know, that bond between them. He already knows that he's going to have to pay the price and he doesn't want to have to be reminded of it by her. Some devil, some angel has got me to the bones. So as we already said, the devil, I think, is his mind. Um, the angel is her. And I feel that these are two really powerful forces in his life that he is constantly, well, at least at this point in his life, torn between. You said always and forever, and now I believe you, baby. Um... That's, you know, I guess throughout their relationship, the angel um, has promised to be by his side no matter what. Uh, he can see that she has tried her very best to keep that promise to him, despite what he has put her through. You said always and forever is such a long and lonely time. Um, this time, I see that as referring to the feeling of being trapped by her promise. She wants to stay, but despite being with him, she is alone. She is fighting to be with someone whom she no longer recognizes. And this is why it feels so long and so lonely. Too drunk, 
and still drinking. It's just the way I feel. Um, he continues to be pulled away by the devil. Um, he knows he needs to stop. He knows he needs to return back to her. But it seems like um, he just feels defeated at this point. It's all right is what you told me because we had something that was so beautiful. This seems to imply that she is still wanting to comfort him even though she knows that she can't stay. She still loves him and he loves her. He is unable to cope with his new reality um, and the reality being that she needs to go for her well-being and um, he needs to let her go. Uh, it seems like their love was everything, but now it's not enough to navigate where the devil has led him. Um, feel heavy, like floating at the bottom of the sea. This just seems like a really beautiful way uh, to describe the heaviness of his soul at this point. It's like he has no control over himself now. Um, that he has nowhere else to go essentially because he's reached the depths of his own despair and that being the bottom of the sea. You said always and forever and now I believe you baby. You said always and forever is such a long and lonely time stuck inside of me. Um, I think we basically just went over what what that means. Uh, next when he goes on to say why can't I set it free, um, he to me it seems like he wants to be able to move away from that part of his mind that he struggles with. Um, you know the intensity and the depths of uh, those feelings that lead him away from her and he doesn't know how to let go of the devil that is pulling him away, even though he wants to. I wish, I wish I was dead and that you're breathing, just so that you could know some angel is stuck inside of me. I think about this a lot when I hear um, this song and I wonder if he's trying to say that um, if he was no longer around, she would have a chance to be free, uh, to move on and to not be trapped inside of him, trying to fix him. Um, she may also see that there is some good in him. If he's gone, the devil no longer controls him and the good in him is able to be seen. Um, it could be that she is actually the good in him uh, and he wants her to know that if he was no longer around, you know, she would be able to be free and, and, and I guess to see that. Um, then he talks about not being able to set her free. And as it stands, he knows that he does need to let her go. He, he loves her so much. Um, he knows it may be the best thing for her. But she is such a big part of who he is. Um, he is so, <clears throat> I guess he feels so entwined with her soul um, that for as long as he is alive and, and no matter how hard he tries, he's just not able to let her go 
Um, it seems like she is just that much a part of him now. Um, and then it goes on to repeat the chorus again, which I won't go over. Um, but all in all, it's it's a really beautiful song, quite a sad song, actually. Um, and you know, for whatever it was written about, I hope there was some some good at the end of it. You know, I I guess like maybe in a fairy tale, I hope they ended up staying together. Um, but anyway, I'm sure it all worked out in the end. Um, and that's how I heard it. So. There's another take on it for you if, if that's perhaps not how you saw it. Thank you. Hey everybody, uh, what's up y'all? It's uh, your Kentucky friend, UK Rhino76 on Twitter. Um, Ryan Stivers on voicemail. I think I got most of y'all by now. Um, so today we're going to talk about Some Devil. Um, I just listened to this song about six or eight times on the way home and my original thoughts on it changed a little bit. So we'll just kind of go off the cuff and see what we get. Um, <clears throat> to me it's a very haunting song. Um, pretty much about the ultimate heartbreak where uh, maybe you've had some trust issues in the past, or maybe some relationships haven't gone exactly the way you planned on them going. Um, and then you find somebody and you put all your faith in that person. And they still end up being exactly what everybody else was. Um, you know, my original thoughts is that Dave is the devil in this song, or has devil tendencies within him, and he's found his angel, so to speak, who's going to make everything better. Um, you know, but in the end, my thoughts were much different today. Um, if you think about it from Dave's perspective, then always and forever sounds great when it's what you want, but when you can't have what you want, always and forever, it is a long, long, lonely time. Um, and when it comes to that realization that things aren't what he wants them to be, you know, too drunk and still drinking, uh, I feel like floating at the bottom of the sea, you know, that's just, hey, you know, what I thought was everything was actually everything I never wanted it to be. And, you know, then comes the realization that, you know, if Dave in this particular song had to be completely gone off this earth for whoever, or I mean, you can switch yourselves for any situation. Um, I know I have. Um, if Dave had to be completely gone off this earth for his supposed angel to find out what they had missed, then he would give up that. You know, like the beginning of the song, <clears throat> one last kiss and then I'll let you go. You know, he's willing to give up everything that he's worked for and everything he's become just so that 
people can realize the goodness that he has in him. And, you know, that's that's a hard pill to swallow for a lot of people. Is that sometimes people just don't realize what they have when they have it. And it's to me it's about his realization of a lot of broken promises from what he thought was going to be his savior, so to speak. And like I said, my original thoughts on the song overall uh, changed from, you know, when I started listening to it today, which I've heard it before, you know, but it's been a while. Um, that in fact, Dave was not the devil. Dave was the angel. He just needed to find somebody to bring that angel out of him. But he kept running into devils, maybe disguised as angels. Um, but I know a lot of people, I, personally, I know a lot of people that need to realize that, that, you know, maybe you are broken and maybe things seem bad all the time, but when you find the right people or the right person or group of people, um, to bring out the best in you, then you'll find out that you were never really the problem after all. But at the same time, you've got to realize that sometimes what you think of your people just ain't your people. No matter what, how much you do or how you do it, <clears throat> it's just not going to be enough. But never think bad about yourself in that situation because sometimes people just don't mix. You've always got to be able to bring the angel out of yourself. And if other people find that, realize that, then you found your people, whether it be a partner, husband, wife, boyfriend, girlfriend, or just a group of friends. Like even the DMB family that we've got here on Twitter. You know, it's nice to find your niche, and it's nice to find at least one thing that an entire group of people have in common. There's nothing wrong with having different opinions. It's just that you have to be able to except other people are going to have different opinions. And so that's what I got out of the song today. Um, I hope that made sense. I'm sure I rambled a little bit. That's what I do. Um, but I'm glad to be back on the podcast, and I really appreciate it. I can't wait to hear it all, and uh, you all have a good day. I want to thank Kareem, Haley, Angela, and Ryan for their contributions in this episode. Special thank you to our guest for being so open and honest about her life. If you want to be a guest on the show as part of the way I heard it or a main guest interview, simply go to dmbondemand.com and visit the Be Our Guest or Co-Contributor section of the menu. We'll see you again next week for Season 2, Episode 4. Until then, always love.